Hello, Georgia. Hello, Metro Augusta. And hello, wherever you are. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the July 12th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show, as always, is brought to you as a service of my consulting firm, and that is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, where we proudly provide services to local government and nonprofit organizations. You can learn more about me and the firm at JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com. That's my website, or you can just Google uh, Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. It'll come up for you. And uh, we have several tabs there, one of which is a Local Matters tab, where every single episode of Local, Local Matters is published. So if you miss one, you can always go back to the website. You also have the option of going to our Facebook page if you're on that platform. Please follow us there because we like to know that people are following our programming and we want you to get notifications whenever we put something up. And of course, we have a YouTube channel where you can subscribe. We don't always drop a video every week, uh, but we do drop new audio every single week and you don't want to miss those. Speaking of missing things, uh, last week we did uh, a show on affirmative action and the decision by the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, while it is not a local issue per se, it definitely has implications at the state level and it has implications for many of us. So uh, please listen to that uh, to get some information that you probably haven't picked up in all of the media hysteria about um, the origins of affirm affirmative action and um, how um, this will change things or not change things with various uh, educational institutions across our country. Uh, we thank you so much for being a part of the Local Matters family. If you have suggestions about guests or topics for us to cover, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to me via our Facebook page or Facebook Messenger or uh, via our Contact Us page on the website. As always, too, I remind you that if you're looking for a speaker or pre presenter for a workshop, uh, please uh, keep me in mind for those because I enjoy getting out into the community and doing those things. Local Matters family, we have someone with us today that you may not have heard of, but who has an extremely important role in terms of the growth and development of uh, Augusta, Georgia, Richmond County, generally. Uh, her name is Ms. Carla Delaney, and she is director of the Augusta Planning and Development Department. How are you doing today, Carla? I'm doing well, thank you. How about yourself? I am hanging in here. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you are able to join us because today you're going to tackle some of those questions that I hear the most in the community. And we are so pleased that we were able to uh, connect and schedule this time for us to chat. So we have a tradition on Local Matters, and that is that we ask our guests to talk a little bit about um, their background. So if you could just tell me where you're from, where you went to school, how you got into planning, all that good stuff. Okay. All right. Well, um, I am a military brat. We, uh, my family's here and I'm here um, because my dad and my mom were both in the military. So they were stationed at Fort Gordon 
And from there, we moved to Hawaii and then we came back to Georgia. So we came back to Georgia around 80, 85, 86. I went to Windsor Spring Elementary. I went to Sego Middle School and then I went to Glen Hills High School. So I am from Augusta. I claim Augusta and I'm proud to be from Augusta. I went to undergraduate at Georgia Southern University where I studied in um, poli science, poli sci. And then from there, I went on to Atlanta. I worked in IT for a while. I know that's a huge departure, but the reason I did that is coming out of undergrad, um, IT was booming in 1999, 2000. Um, so I graduated um, college at the end of 1999 and all the opportunities were in Atlanta and they were IT related. So I jumped on the bandwagon. I had a good little experience there. And then um, I realized that IT was it's OK, but it wasn't my passion. Um, and so I started talking about a position at the Treasury Department. They recommended that I get my master's degree. So I came back to Augusta University and got my master's degree. And then I started working um, as a planner over in Aiken, South Carolina. And I did most of my planning experience in Aiken, South Carolina. I worked at the county and I worked at the city before coming to Augusta, Richmond County. Okay, cool beans. And how long have you been with Augusta now? Because you started in one department and then yep. uh, you got a chance to go over to another one. So, yep. so how long? I have been with Augusta since 2015. Okay. So, yeah. Yep. I came over here from uh, the city of Aiken as a city planner and came to housing and community development. I worked on the Laney Walker Development Initiative. And from there, I, um, I worked on one of the major um, projects over there that was Beacon Station. So I was part of the acquisition of the land, um, part of the bond process, the um, selection of the contractor. And um, then I, before it finished being built, I was promoted um, to Deputy Director of Planning and Development. Excellent, excellent. So thank you so much for that. Uh, every now and then we have some young listeners, some college age listeners, a couple of my friends who are professors have their students listen to the podcast for extra credit. Yep. So <laughs> if they listen to this, they can find out there's a career path in there somewhere for them. <laughs> um, so you've been at the helm of the planning and development department for almost a year officially. And mm -hmm. then you did some time, six months as the interim director also. Um, if you could just give a brief overview of the various functions of that department so people have an understanding of all the things that you're responsible for. Okay, yes. So planning and development essentially can be broken down into five divisions. We have the building division, we have code enforcement, we have permitting and licensing of businesses and alcohol licensing. Uh, we have current planning, and then we, of course, have our transportation planning. So within the current planning, that's where you get most of the zoning conversations and most of the uh, initiatives in regards to how land is used. And the transportation planning, which is we're also serving as the seat of the Metropolitan Planning Organization, which services four counties, uh, Columbia County, um, Richmond County, Aiken County in part and in part uh, Edgefield County. And with this particular group, uh, the MPO, what we do is we actually do transportation related studies for the CSRA and uh, specific to those counties. We handle funding those studies and implementation of some of the plans for those areas. And we work very closely with engineering departments across all four counties in order to accomplish those goals. Excellent, excellent. And with all of those responsibilities, um, you gotta have help. So how many total people are in the department now? 
well, if we're not going to talk about staffing, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, uh, there are 71 positions in the planning and development department. I have a lot of vacancy. Um, that's not germane to, I mean, that is germane to the, the city in general, but um, it has become a real challenge uh, getting qualified staff very much. Um, it's not even so much that we're weeding people out. It's more along the lines of people aren't even applying. Um, so across the board, that challenge is being faced and talking with my colleagues and other municipalities, they're facing the same challenges with uh, regards to um, an interest in working full time in this industry. Yeah, it definitely is a problem everywhere. I was reading an article in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution just yesterday about uh, one of the metro Atlanta counties. Um, they tried to increase salaries and put in place some other things, and they just can't get positions filled. Um, that particular county has a challenge with public safety, like just about every organization that I'm familiar with. Um, but uh, planning is another one I've seen uh, in various other organizations that I've come in contact with is folks cannot find qualified planners. It's just like, you know, and, and they have the option, people with that background have the option of working in the private sector yes. many times and they can command a higher salary there. So uh, it is very, very competitive to try mm -hmm. to find staff in the planning business these days. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Everybody has it. All right. Speaking of planning, uh, when I went on the website uh, well, a few weeks ago, I noticed that there was some information about some community meetings that were taking place. There was a survey that was up that was related to, is it called Envision Augusta? Envision is Augusta, right? yes. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, is that survey still up? No, it uh, wrapped, I want to say yesterday. Okay. Okay. Just missed it. <laughs> okay. Did you have a good response to it? I'm curious. We had a little over 200 respondents. Okay. So in a county of 200,000, we had 200 responses. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they had been more, but tell me just a little bit. I would love for our listeners to learn a little bit about the comprehensive plan, you know, the purpose of a comprehensive plan, you know, why you do it, what it results in for the community. Um, if you could just sort of let people, give people a better understanding of what that is. All right. So the comprehensive plan essentially is an opportunity for local jurisdictions to determine how they would like to grow. In addition to determining how you would like to grow, you have to look at the resources readily available to you, whether those are natural um, resources or human resources. You have to uh, resources. Um, you have to look at what it takes in order to grow your county. You have to come up with a plan, and you have to come up with goals to achieve it. A lot of the times, you'll hear requests for things um, and services that are not realistic based on the population or the income in an area. So one of the things you have to take into uh, account is the socioeconomic factors that play into how your county or your city is developed. So the comprehensive plan is also referred to as the growth plan or a growth management plan. So you're pretty much just setting out a framework for how you think your county should grow and how you plan to get there. There are typically three questions that we ask with the comprehensive plan. And that is, where are we now? And where are we headed? Uh, technically, that's a compound one. But <laughs> where are we now? Where are we headed? Uh, where do we want to go? And how do we get there? So those are the three real questions you're asking with your comprehensive plan and you're answering them. So I try to tell people that it is not necessarily a 
um, list of projects that will be accomplished. It is a list of goals. It is a list of ambition for the city. If we look at some of the regulations and the requirements that go along with um, the initiative of uh, the action of doing a comprehensive plan, it is voluntary. But the reason most municipalities do it, and we're also doing it for that reason, we care about growth, but there, the Department of Community Affairs also has some funding available. If you follow the outline for what they think your comprehensive plan should look like because it's a tried and true tested method on how to create a sustainable, viable, economically sound community. Um, if you follow those basic principles and you get it approved, you are now a qualified local government, which opens us up to the opportunity to pursue funding at the federal and state level, things such as CDBG, water and sewer grants, other infrastructure grants, and things like that. They all are become part of the package. So the comprehensive plan is one, it's telling you um, how you want to grow. Well, it's telling the, the government how you want to grow. And the, that's the community involvement part. And then the government, of course, is looking to see which items are achievable, how we could get there. And then we also present the same package of goals because the main thing is to make sure you're reaching a little bit. You want to be extend, uh, extending yourself a little bit. You want to be hopeful. You want to be positive. Um, so in doing those things, you're also presenting um, some activities that have a price tag that's too heavy for the local community to lift. And that's how the state and the federal government come in and help. Okay. And when you said Department of Community Affairs, I just want to make sure everybody understands that at the state level, yeah. state of Georgia yeah. um, has all those plans uh, there. And um, you have to submit it to, once it's approved, you've got to submit it to the state. Is mm -hmm. that right? Right. So the process for approval of a comprehensive plan, um, right now we're doing an update. So the plan is done every 10 years. You do an update every five years. The five-year update is kind of like a report card. You're looking to see if there has been a lot of fluctuation in the market, in the population, some of the housing trends. In this particular instance, we had COVID happen. So with COVID happening in the middle of our 10-year cycle, because our last one was 2018, um, it, it threw some of the numbers off. It, it changed things, but it didn't just change things for Richmond County. It changed things nationwide and globally. So we always have to take those things into account. And that's why we're looking at it every five years. We're looking to see if that list of needs and opportunities, if we're moving towards accomplishing those those things. So, and we also grade ourselves on what we said we thought we would accomplish between 2018 and now. So that's, it's just a, overall, it's a comprehensive look at what you said you were going to do and then what you would like to do moving forward. So how did we do? I would say we accomplished about 40% of what we said we were going to do um, by 2023. Some of that is due to COVID. A lot of activity came to a screeching halt. Um, in uh, 2020 and 2021. Um, some of the ramifications of that infrastructure projects, um, we lost the opportunity to get several of our products overseas, the, the supply chain, all of that greatly affected us. So um, last tally I looked at, we were about 40%. We have 10 years to get it get done. So 40% at the five-year mark and a pandemic, I think we're on track. Mm -hmm. We're trying to give us an example of, you know, one thing, one or two things that the that were accomplished during that time period. Uh, just so people have get a flavor for what's really in that comp plan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So some of the things and um, grab 
I would like to grab it so I can read it right off the, the book. But um, but OK, so, for instance, we had some goals in regards to economic development. Right. One of those things was to see expansion out at the industrial part. We now have Arubis going in at the industrial part. In addition to that, um, uh, Starbucks, of course, had their expansion. And now we have some other opportunities that are in the hopper. So we have seen expansion on the economic development level. The other thing we wanted to see was more opportunities for mixed use housing. So we have had several applications come through um, through the plan unit development process or rezoning to a plan unit development that, that will allow for us to see residential and commercial uses with in the same building. So, you know, seeing that progress is great. There were activities um, with regards to infrastructure uh, that were also accomplished. Um, we had some traffic lights upgraded, um, signal signal lights updated. It's been a you know a lot of lot of um, a series of, of of wins. Most of them had to be outside of the supply chain issues because we lost a couple vital years. So we saw things like upgrading the uh, in the bus system. Right now, we actually had to upgrade. They were running on two G. Um, and so when you start talking about routes and timing, um, upgrading those buses to 4G and 5G, those are activities that were their collaboration, the MPO, the Metropolitan Planning Organization, they actually helped identify funding and award funding for that, that went to uh, public transit so that we could accomplish that. So those are some of the smaller, you know, activities. Well, they're not small, but those are some of the activities that were accomplished. Mm -hmm. And, um, as you indicated, there were opportunities for members of the public to voice their opinions about what's needed. What sorts of things did you hear? And were there any surprises <laughs> that you heard from the public? We heard some interesting ones, some very good ones. Um, some of them I will not repeat. <laughs> Those oh, are come all on, tell entertaining us, tell ones. Uh, but no, you know, overall, um, we we had fairly I would say we had fairly good participation um, at several of the events. We had at least fifty people there, so that's always a plus. Um, I would say that one of the biggest challenges we faced just doing the public meetings. We had five in person meetings and then one virtual meeting. Um, with the five in person meetings, traveling to all of the facilities to host the meetings, you got to see a little bit of an inventory and analysis of um, what our, the condition of our facilities are, because we made sure we held them in um, places that were owned by the local government, by Richmond County. So that was, that was one of the, the main complaint we got is why'd y'all pick this building? Couldn't you, can't we have something nicer? Um, so, you know, that was one of the biggest things. We also, uh, we structured all of the, um, the in-person meetings where we did a little very, very short PowerPoint. But the main goal of the meeting is to have the public, the people who live here, who've invested here in Richmond County, uh, have them tell us what they would like their city to look like. So we did charrettes, which are just activities where we looked at scenarios. Um, we looked at um, scenarios that would allow us to grow um, how we um, how we would actually remediate and mitigate some of the challenges that we face. For example, one of our activities, we took it from the HGTV show, Love It or List It. So in order oh, to figure out, yeah, <laughs> in order to figure out what um, people 
wanted to see done. You hear a lot of criticism of criticism, but I wanted to hear what they loved about Augusta too. So one of the things you want to think about when you talk about the comprehensive plan and we do the love it or listed activity, list out the things you would like to see changed immediately and list out the things you love. When you start planning for growth, you also want to make sure you're planning to preserve the things that you enjoy. A lot of times we'll spend so much time chasing something new that you're not preserving and taking care of what you have. So the love it list becomes an opportunity opportunity for us to safeguard and protect what we have. And the listed are the things that we actually need to change. And that's how you get those needs and opportunities identified. And, and through that process, one, uh, the major comments came down to um, uh, parks and recreation, having quality parks, I think coming off of the um, uh, coming towards the end of the pandemic or that really, really put an emphasis on being outdoors and outdoor space. The pandemic had a large effect on gathering spaces, how we gather, how we get together. And so the number one um, across every meeting, um, what the number one comment was improving our uh, parks and recreation. They want new parks. They're worried that we do a lot of um what do you call it, band-aiding of some of the, the, the facilities. And they would like to see overhauls. They'd like to see us put some actual maintenance dollars aside and actually make sure that we're retaining or taking care of what we do have. So they wanted to see things like, um, they asked a lot of questions about SPLOS, which you would have been better at answering than me. But they asked, is there another way to fund some of this stuff? Because it just seems like we wait around on SPLOS and, you know, trying to explain to them, you know, capital improvements budget versus a SPLOS and things of that nature. But the number one concern was um, definitely improving our uh, parks space, our open space, our recreational space. The number two thing um, that we heard about was of course, what are we doing to remediate the blight? Um, so blight is always a major concern. We actually passed a redevelopment uh, ordinance in the county, and some people call it the blight ordinance, but it is a redevelopment ordinance. And so, you know, activities surrounding how we eliminate blight, prevent blight, those were, that was the second question or concern. And then the third one was, you know, we're a consolidated government where the city of Augusta was very urban and Richmond County was rural. There is concerns about the fact that uh, there's a, a, a feeling that an urban uh, application of zoning and just, you know, lifestyle is being pushed on the Richmond County, the former Richmond County side. So they would like to see more of a balance there. They don't want to be uh, uh, the fringe of the city of Augusta. They want to be recognized as a more rural area. They would like to have um, lower densities. They would like to have activities and centers built out there that, um, welcome the public, not just having to come downtown. They would like to see some in misconceptions with regards to, they think that all their tax dollars are spent in districts one and two. And you've heard that, <laughs> you know, they, they don't, you know, and they're just like, oh, well, all of our money is spent in, in you know, in the in the old Augusta or Augusta proper. And, and they're feeling like out in the county side that they are not being heard and that the investment, they're not seeing the investment um, out there. So figuring out ways to, to do that. So infrastructure, parks and recreation, and then of course, making sure that um, the reinvestment investment in the community is um, across the county, not just downtown. 
Yeah, I, I got my rude awakening to that the first year I was administrator. We were at a, a public meeting to talk about the stormwater feed. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were out on Hepsville, McBean Road, one of the rec, the rec center that's out that way. And after the meeting, gentleman came up to me. He's very nice. And he said, Ms. Jackson, I just want you to understand that there's South Augusta and there's South Richmond County, and there's a difference. <laughs> he wanted me to understand that South Richmond County with the more rural character, as you determine, as you describe, that's what they like and that's what they want it to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had some real interesting discussions about things like that. So thank you so much. That is a very comprehensive explanation of the <laughs> plan, which is exactly what I was looking for, because I want my listeners to understand that. So. Um, you've done a draft. Is that right? Has the commission reviewed the draft yet? Mm-mm. We go to public comment first. Public, and comment, the public first. comment, that's when we present to commission during that window. So the process is uh, we have some community meetings. DCA only requires, the Department of Community Affairs only requires that we have one meeting before we start drafting it. Um, we knew that coming off the hills of COVID that we probably needed to talk to people, get out there into the community where people live. So we did six community meetings, then we started writing. So um, we write the draft based on the design or the the guidelines from Department of Community Affairs. We put the draft out for 15 days for public comment. During public comment, uh, we're also going to have another meeting so that we can hear, not just have people email us and write us letters. We want to hear from them. So we're going to have a follow-up public comment meeting in July here, towards the end of July, where we will meet in person. And so we welcome all of you, all the listeners to come and, you know, talk about the plan. We will have the goals will be, I mean, it's it's a 200 page document. So what we'll do is we'll extrapolate several sections that we think people want to hear. Uh, I know they're going to want that appendices that list all the things that people said. <laughs> we put it in there because we, we think to ourselves, you know, hey, let's let, let's just represent what the people said so we'll we'll look we'll list at some of the concerns we'll look at some of the accomplishments and then of course based on what the community said they listed some values and you know we formed a vision um so we're going to look at some of the community vision and then we're going to look at some of the objectives and the goals uh within the goals and how we're going to get there so and last but not least for each goal what we did is we created a work program that work program actually goes in and, and identifies a couple of projects because remember the comprehensive plan is a guide it's not intended to be a detailed you know um point to point to point to point to point um document it is intended to create a broad framework to guide development because you need it to be flexible enough. Say, for instance, we attract a major industry and um, they're bringing, you know, 700 jobs. Now, if you write your your comprehensive plan too narrowly, you can't adjust for what you need. So, um, well, you could rewrite it and ask for an amendment to it. So you can do that. But, you know, there is the challenge. You don't want it to be too specific where you say you can only have this type of land use in a certain area. Um, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself. You want to be open to opportunity, especially economic development. Okay. And when is that public comment? Is that date been set yet? Uh, we are We are looking at, I want to say it's July. Pull it up on my calendar right here. I believe it's July 19th. <clears throat> okay. Okay. And do you have a time? Is that going to be at two o'clock or? Oh, yes. It's going to be at six o'clock, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. And it's going to be at the Linda Beasley room. Okay. All right. All right. 
And that sounds great. In fact, if you have a flyer, I'd love to place it on our mm-hmm. Facebook page so our listeners know about it. All right. Thanks so much for that. Now we're going to shift gears to something that I hear all the time. A few weeks ago, I was having lunch with some friends of mine and they start asking, what's going on with Regency Mall? When is the city going to do something about (laughs) Regency Mall? And we know that during the last mayoral election, one of the candidates uh, made an announcement about Regency Mall, and then it got caught up in all of the political, you know, whatever, whatever about it was going on about why is he talking about it now? And, you know, is this real? Is this something that was made up? You know, da 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 da. <laughs> and I do recall, you know, if you follow the news listeners, I tell y'all to follow the news. I do recall that there was a rezoning application that was submitted for the use that was um, proposed. And that I believe that rezoning application was approved and we haven't heard anything since then. So it would be very instructive for our listeners to understand the development process. If you could just kind of walk through, you know, what happens, what are they planning to do and um, what the rezoning was from what to what, what's proposed to happen and what's going on right now. Ladies and gentlemen, that was, again, Ms. Carla Delaney. She is the Director of Planning and Development Services for Augusta, Richmond County. Uh, She mentioned a public comment session session on the comprehensive plan. Again, that date is July 19th. It will take place at 6 p.m. in the Linda Beasley Room of the Augusta Municipal Building. The location of that building is 535 Telfair Street on the first floor. Thanks so much for being a part of the Local Matters family. And please join us next week for part two of our great conversation with Ms. Delaney. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.